And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. If you didn't know, I'm your host, Chad White, and this is the only podcast. Nope, I just got it all wrong. I'm trying to make sure this camera records and... <laughs> all right, let's start over. Let's start over. Let's pretend the last couple of seconds didn't happen. Let's do it. Let's do the theme song again and go. Hey, welcome back to the Constitutional Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the only podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's website. Go there. Like I just said, I'm your host, Chad White. Spent a lot of seconds uh, wasting <laughs> in an episode that's extremely late. I would like to say it was the camera's fault, but it wasn't. I just got lazy one day after work and then, uh, or no, 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 no. I, I was busy. I had to do something that wasn't any of your business. <laughs> uh, but now here we are finally recording this episode. I was going to record it yesterday on Sunday. Today's Monday, the day this episode comes out. And then in two more days, I have to do one more episode, another episode, not one more. Uh, what episode is this? 111. This is episode 111. Let's jump right into it. No, let, let's talk. Let's talk real quick. I got a haircut uh, in the middle of the workday on Friday. And when I was at I was at work, I said, "All right, I'm gonna get a haircut." I got a haircut. If you're watching the video version, you know I got a haircut. If you watch News Time, which is coming out the same day this is coming out, hopefully, <laughs> it's also close to eight o'clock, and I'm very tired. Uh, which probably means I'm not gonna work on anything the rest of the night. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll work on News Time. Um, but I got a haircut. I went to this, I went to, I specifically went to this place that was, that's near my work. It's about 15 minutes away. It took me about 30 minutes to get there because, you know, it's traffic during the day. Uh, even though, even though Google said 18 minutes, it took me like 20, 25 minutes to get there. And I get there. I've, I've been to this place before. I went there a couple of months ago and uh, I, I went to, the, let me tell you about that trip. I went there, got a haircut. The guy uh, just gave me a horrible haircut. It was just bad, just straight up bad. And then he added me to his text list because he doesn't have a card. And he started, and he's like, he's adding, he's like, he will text like 50 people at a time. And then people will respond to this chain. So I had to block that. And thank God I'm on Android so I can block that stuff. Um, then, so I say, I'm never going to go back there. All right, cool. And plus the shopping center is just trash to get, to maneuver in and to maneuver out of. Like, to just get in, get out, just any of that stuff. So, got to Friday. Spent several months. I go, maybe I'll give this place another shot. I'll go to a different barber. I, I call up ahead of time. I go, hey. I call up at, like, 9 o'clock. Say, hey, uh, do, can I set an appointment for 1 p.m.? First of all, a guy goes, well, you can just walk in. We'll, we'll accept walk-ins. And I'm like, I, I'm, on, I'm on a short time, but all right. So, I go in there. I go in there at 1 p.m. I leave work at, like, 1230. Get in there at 1 p.m like 1248 I sign my name in and uh, there's maybe there's six total barbers or seven total barber chairs uh, and then six barbers working and one barber's not working or two barbers aren't working so there's there's six there's like seven total chairs two barbers aren't working one's just like sitting there I guess on his break and then another one's in the back somewhere then they go, oh, well, uh, is, is uh, I think his name was DJ. I really don't care. <laughs> is, is DJ, is DJ doing anything? And then, like, cause there's, like, there's, like, there's like three guys waiting, but they're waiting on specific barbers, which is my mistake. I should have done that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then they got, this, this guy comes out, and, uh, you know, he looks like me. He's like a young, hip cat. <laughs> a lot of tattoos. Looks nothing like me. Uh, tall. <laughs> and and he, sits, he sits me down in a chair, and I show him a picture of Odell Beckham Jr. What I want is called a burst fade mohawk. I just want a mohawk, essentially. A burst of mohawk that's just 
instead of fading instead of fading the back, you would just fade the sides, and that's essentially the mohawk the mo the version of mohawk I wanted. I get in there, I sit in his chair, I show him that picture, and he goes. He goes like he first of all he looks at Odell like he doesn't know who he is. <laughs> like this is one of the best receivers in the NFL. <laughs> like, come on, please know who this guy is. Uh and and, and he's and he sits me down and uh he, and he's like, Oh, send me the picture. So now this guy has my number. Uh so send me the picture and then he's like, Let me look at he keep, he keeps looking at the picture on my phone even though I sent him the picture. And then he tells me he's like, he goes, Follow my Instagram and I don't follow his Instagram. First of all, I pull it up and I'm, I think, no, I, don't, I shouldn't have to follow your Instagram. First of all, he's got like he's got as many followers as C Plus Comedy is following on Instagram. That's seventy followers, which is nothing. <laughs> I have my personal account has more followers than C Plus Comedy's account, which has featured several famous people, such as two of the Super Troopers, Laurie Cole Martin, uh, Ron Funches, <laughs> just a bunch of famous people, Jen Kirkman. Uh, uh, I was gonna say Brian Regan, but I never interviewed him. I reached out to his people. <laughs> boy howdy uh so anyway so i'm so i'm getting so we're doing the haircut it takes him an hour and a half an hour and a half to get through the haircut that is disgustingly long first of all i my hair wasn't even that long it was maybe it was medium to long length uh and i'm, I'm really i'm weighing my options of writing a review because i think people should know this twice i go to this place and i get a crappy haircut and i do blame the barbers and oh, also the AC was out, so they just had they had the door open and maybe like two small fans <laughs> that were blowing, and so I was sweating through all, all of my clothes, all of my shorts, my my pants because I was at work, my pants and my my button up shirt. I was just just wet, just soaking wet. So uh, he hands me the mirror, and. And he goes, how was that? And I go, I guess it's fine because it's been an hour and a half and I have to get back to work. It's going to take me another 20 minutes to a half hour to get back there. Uh, so I go, I go, I, I guess it's fine. Like I look at it and then he charges me. I see a board and then now this is my mistake. I see a board up front that says haircuts are $20. And then I go, how much do I owe you? He goes 30 and I go, excuse me. <laughs> And I, and I just get, you know, I was like, I was like, you know, I don't have time for this. I get out and I leave. And immediately, as soon as I looked at myself in the mirror and I was handing the money, I go, this guy effed up my hair. This guy just screwed up my hair. Uh, up top, it's very, it's very thin, uh, which is not my thing. I have very strong, I have thick billowy hair because I take care of it. Uh, but he, it's, it, it feels like a flat top up top. Uh, there's a front part. Uh, where that comes over my forehead. Well, it's not. It's not coming over my forehead. But <laughs> where, where the front part of the hair, this is above my forehead, is uh, lopsided. So one side is bigger than the other. So I have to pat it down whenever I fix it. And then uh, the back is also big in itself. So the back top is big. So it's just. So it goes. If you're looking from. If you're looking at the video, and I urge you to. It goes. It goes big part, and you can't see it obviously in the video because I'm recording this in my closet again. Uh, so it goes big part, flat, big part, then the back, like big part top, and then the back, uh, which is fine. Uh, Odell also had some lines in his hair in the back, in the back part, like at the very bottom. And I go, and I, the guy's like, you want the lines? I go, yeah, sure. And I expecting lines. This guy cuts essentially <laughs> what looks like, uh, imagine a turkey baster. So <laughs> there is <laughs> the line part. You know where the tur- where the turkey actually shoots out the where the turkey baster shoots out the 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 juices. So there the basting juices. So there's the line part, and then there's like the big squeezer that's like a circle, and that's essentially what my line looks like from like the middle part uh, out. So there's two there's four lines, two in the middle, and then two right directly under that. He screwed up my hair. 
<laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'm going to write a review, and it's going to be scathing. Uh, but I'm glad I spent eight minutes talking about that. Let's move on. I want to go over the stories that I have for last week. Uh, this is from the New York Post. Google Assistant Contractor Slam Company has a white-collar workshop. It's a bit written by, because I have to do this, Christopher Carbone from Fox News, of Fox News. Uh, so according to a new report in The Guardian, probably should have just done that, the contractors, part of a much larger group of more than 100,000 temps, vendors, and contractors at Google, have been pressured to work unpaid overtime and often feel like second-class citizens at the tech giant. So basically, anything that happens uh, at Google is is basically relayed through people. So if you haven't heard recently, Google Duplex, which is the AI assistant, uh, US AI assistant, to set up a restaurant reservation for you, and... Uh, most of the time, I think there was like an absurd amount of time that uh, like 90% of the time or something like that, or like 50% of the time that it's a person that handles setting up the reservation instead of Google Assistant doing it. Uh, but anyway, so these, these people that are working on Google Assistant that are, that are answering questions, that are making sure everything's running smoothly, that are uh, either coding or they're just answering queries or they're taking the stuff that Google Assistant's having trouble with and just kind of giving it a little, ushering it along. Uh, they are uh, being just worked like horses. Uh, let's see. According to The Guardian, um, the Pig, Pigmation? The Pigmalion team. I can't read. The thing is very far away. Uh, now includes 40 to 50 full-time Googlers and about 200 temporary workers employed through agencies. And they're just working their butts off. And I think this is like across, you know, um, if you have Project Fi, sorry, Google Fi, a lot of the team, the support team is in India. Uh, if you, and it's, it's bizarre to, to ask a specific question and uh, <laughs> for that to not be relayed. And I don't, I don't mean this as a knock, but not to be relayed in perfect English um, or for it not to be understood correctly or be handled properly. Um, and so, you know, you're just, you're dealing with all these contractors, but they're also not making enough money. Uh, the full-timers, full, full-time people at Google, typically the median is really $240,000. That's from the New York Post. Um, temps and contractors are paid way, way, way less than that. When I was a temp, not temp, sorry, when I was a, a freelance at the Weather Channel, I was making about $30 an hour. Not about, I was making $30 an hour. Uh, but again, uh, when I was at NBC, I was the only person who was not paid uh, who was not full-time, the only person, the only person. And I had experience, I had the wherewithal, and I was pumping out stories left and right. I was pumping out stuff that they now do as entertainment news. <laughs> I was I was coming up with ideas, and I was paid $10 an hour. I was paid less than interns. I know, because one day an intern came up to me, and they were like, how do I fill out my timesheet? And I was like, let me help you out. And I saw their hours. <laughs> And I was like, whoa, you're working more hours than me. I didn't say it out loud because I was ashamed. Uh, I still am. <laughs> so, surprised by the mic. I just kissed the mic. Uh, but just know, Google's not entirely. Well, I mean, I, I know Google's not a good company. And I say this having Google, like using primarily Google Chrome, which which sucks because Google Chrome is also, uh, they're taking away the ability to use ad blockers on it. So now I got to switch everything over to Firefox, which is going to be easy enough. But I, I like Google Chrome. Um it sucks. You know, it just, it blows that uh, Google's going down like this and they just, they're, it's really becoming a surveillance state. Uh, but everybody's doing that. Uh, even though, you know, WWDC's conference today uh, with Apple's conference at WWDC was today and they, and they harped on privacy. 
But regardless of when it comes down to it, Apple still has all your stuff, you know. And then if, uh, Google's Google's uh, Nest and uh, the Assistant and YouTube and most of Google services went down this past weekend. Uh, Apple's cloud has had a huge hacking thing. Uh, iTunes sucks, and they're replacing that. <laughs> but you know, nothing's perfect, and Google is really on the forefront of that. Let's move on. Um, apparently, so this is this is from two weeks ago, and I and I just saved the story. Jimmy Fallon's uh, Tonight Show is reportedly in trouble as ratings plummet. This is come plummet. This is from the Daily Beast, written by Barbie Latsanadu. Hmm. That's a name. Now, typically, I don't. This is uh, this is all you know, clickbaity stuff. But this has since uh, proven to be true. Page Six reports that NBC's late night host is scrambling to keep his show afloat after his ratings have been plummeting, and he struggled to recover from the infamous 2016 softball interview with Donald Trump. Uh, they're losing Fallon's uh, Tonight Show is losing to uh, Colbert's Late Show. I, people want. It's funny because uh, when you're in in the in the comedy podcast world, whenever a comedy podcast talks about the politics around them, then people will just get mad and angry. But one of the consistently most consistent performing uh, shows on television are always these late night shows. Even if uh, tonight's show isn't doing well, but you know, late night's doing well. Uh, whenever Kimmel does something about politics, it does well. Uh, closer look by. Seth Meyers gets the craziest amount of clicks on YouTube. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, Samantha Bee's doing well. And Trevor Noah's Daily Show is always doing well. So, And Conan is there being the best gosh darn host. This comes after longtime executive producer Katie Hawkmeyer uh, left the team. But she's employed by NBC. So uh, they're going to have to get some more. Uh, they're going to get a couple of producers in there. Uh, Colbert's show, Late Show, really turned the tide when they got the CBS uh, News or CBS This Morning producer, the guy who's really good, and I forgot. I did a story on him on News Time for News Time. Uh, so, uh, so they need somebody who can revitalize the show. Maybe pick somebody from SNL. Because Fallon, Fallon worked with SNL, and I guarantee one of the producers is still there. One of the producers from his tenure was still there. Many of the, I guarantee all of them are still there. Uh, maybe, maybe get one of them, and get an NBC News person too, uh, for the sake of it. You know, if you get two people who are on opposite end of the spectrum, who can help them. Uh, apparently, Fallon is always hurt by this. Uh, this is what Fallon said. It was definitely a downtime. And it's tough for morale. There's 300 people that work here. And so when people are talking that bad about you and ganging up on you, it's a really, in a really gang mentality. You go, all right, we get it. I heard you, he added. You made me feel bad. So now what? Are you happy I'm depressed? Do you want me to, do you want to push me more? Uh, what do you want me to do? You want me to kill myself? Would that, what, what would make you happy? Get over it. Wow. Uh, boy, oh boy. Yeah, it's sad. But uh, Fallon, I think Fallon's great. I've since come to the, and this is really recent. I've since come to reason that, uh, no, this late night thing, everybody's in it together. Who cares? You know, <laughs> they're all fighting for the cause of trying to make you laugh at 1130 at night. And uh, really, that's all that matters. Uh, then also, same thing. This is from Variety. The Tonight Show dropped their theme song. This is written by 
Michael Schneider, my good boy. My, my, my good boy. They dropped the infamous Hey, 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 uh, written by The Roots, written and performed by The Roots. And now it's just a short uh, a couple of haze and uh, then they just play Jimmy on. I think it's to uh, to really get in that attention span, losing audience. People just don't want theme songs anymore. Uh, Conan's is not- notably shorter, especially since I have a band. Uh, Full Frontals is like 10 seconds. Um, I just, I started Hassan Minaj's, not sure. I didn't start the show from the beginning, <laughs> but this week's episode uh, and that theme song is 10 seconds long. Um, so yeah, this is just a way for them to keep those ratings going. So read those articles if you want. Keep doing that. Uh, let's move on. Uh, this is from uh, The Who. Not the band. <laughs> the World Health Organization. They said that gaming disorder is real. I just put this in here because I think it's stupid. Uh, we need to stop making up disorders. And look, I get it. People really want to play video games. <laughs> And it sounds like I'm really discounting this. I'm not. <laughs> but it is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's not a real disease. Uh let's yeah, let's let's just stop making diseases. Let's like things that are really killing people. I'm gonna go I I I've I've heard this on three different IGN podcasts. Uh so and those are the only gaming podcasts I listen to these days. I stopped listening to other gaming podcasts because they try to be funny and they're not. <laughs> uh and even IGN is trying too hard. Um, let's see. <laughs> what is it called? This is from what is the ICD? This is so the International Statistical Classification of Diseases and Related Health Problems. Oh God! And it's going to come into effect on uh, January twenty twenty two. So in three years, it'll come into effect. This will be a real thing, and you can, you can tell your doctor about it and uh, whatever. Uh, they have a thing. They have a section for patient safety. Member states, uh, patient harm due to adverse events is one leading cause of death and disability globally. Where is the? What is the? You know, and I I generally don't care. It's just people who play video games too long. That is the gist of it. Read up on it. I really I linked to the Who article. Who are you? Who? <laughs> Uh, I want to only uh, I want to skip over this story, but it's Disney remakes don't e- equal equality. Uh, essentially, what I was talking about. I'll just talk about it because I clicked on it earlier. I should resubscribe to the New York Times. I my I let my subscription la- I let my subscription lapse. <laughs> this comes from Aisha Harris. Oh, I know her from the New York Times. Uh, I've heard her a ton. I believe on the um, uh, what is the podcast called? The Popcast by New York Times. Uh, she wrote about Aladdin and how they uh, Disney casted uh, brown people uh, in these roles. And here we go. <laughs> I don't know to say what I've been saying for the past several episodes. Uh, just because Disney is uh, throwing brown people a bone and women a bone doesn't mean they're going to do it for every single movie. And it doesn't mean that they are the uh the um uh the epitome of this stuff uh it's like in uh the the beauty and the beast remake when they hinted at that josh gad's character uh god what is his name i'm reading it right here (laughs) i should just look at it uh they had a gay moment uh where and it was it was and it was truly josh gad's character was lefou uh 
uh, it was truly a bl- and sh- and Aisha writes blinking blinking you miss it. You wouldn't know it was a gay moment <laughs> if you were a child. Uh, you'd only know like hey those two dudes were dancing together. Like uh, anyway anyway the, like there is they're not being inclusive just because they have these things. It's it's only I think it is inclusivity when you're not making a, a thing of it. When you're not when you're not being the the loud brash person in the room. When Supergirl this past season introduced a a main character or I guess a team a, someone who's part of the team uh who is who the actor is transgender I the the story shouldn't be this is going to be the first transgender superhero this transgender person is playing a character uh who I don't think the transgenderness played into the story I think it was just because uh, she's playing uh I don't know Starly or I don't know I, I wasn't paying attention this season. When when Lex Luthor came, that's when I started paying attention. <laughs> John Cryer was great. They killed him off though. Uh, but I don't. I'm pretty sure her character wasn't. You know, this is she's a transgender superhero. Her character was just a, a female superhero, and that was it. Dreamer. That's what she played. Dreamer. Her character was just a female superhero, and that. I mean, when we stop treating these things, I understand. I get it. I'm glad. I'm so happy that they had a transgender superhero. I'm so glad they had brown people in these movies. But when that becomes the storyline, uh, that of and that's not even part of the actual the written storyline, then that's the issue. That's when you make these characters feel like they're outside of their element, like they shouldn't be there. Like just because Black Panther was a, a superhero movie with all black characters doesn't mean that it's inherently uh, it's, uh, supposed to be this uh, be all end all for black people. It truly does not. And the same thing goes for Aladdin. And when Mulan comes out, it doesn't mean it's going to be a be all end all for Asian people. Uh, and and then Dreamer is not the be all end all uh, for transgender people and superheroisms. Google, uh, not Google. Disney's going to make. They said uh, Kevin Feige was talking about how they're going to do. Uh, you're gonna, we're going to see a gay Marvel character in a couple of years in the movies. We should have just, they should have just put one in there five years ago. (laughs) One of my favorite reveal moments, uh, and it truly does not matter because it was not a story uh, until like way after the movie came out, was I think in Star Trek, not beyond, but I think Into the Darkness, uh, you find out John Cho's character, Mr. Sulu, is gay. And it's in the last part of this movie uh, he's walking up, like they get back from this mission, and he sees his husband, and he goes and hugs him and kisses him and does whatever, and that is how you do. It. And no one talked about, like I didn't see it until after the movie came out. I didn't see like a story about that until after the movie came out. And if we just, uh, that's how it should always be. Dumbo came out it was full of white people. This bull crap. Uh, the Jungle Book had mostly white people. Cinderella was all white people. <laughs> I don't think. How can y'all be happy about that? I think both iterate the last the Jungle Book that was made from Netflix that wasn't it wasn't made from Netflix the, the Jungle Book that Warner Brothers dropped because it was a horrible movie <laughs> that, that Netflix picked up that was all white people all white people we gotta we gotta stop uh, babying these things just because it's your childhood just because they give just because Disney and Pixar give us Coco doesn't mean that. You know, it's, I'm, just, I'm done talking about it. I'm just so mad. It, it just makes me so angry. So I'm treating them like they're something special. And the last thing I want to no, wait, there's two more things? Is there two more things? Oh, all right. Two, I have two more things. And then I could stop doing the show tonight. Oh, my God, recording way too long. Uh, One is female film critics. 
still outnumbered by male reviewers, almost two to one in 2019, study says, written by Brian Welk of The Wrap. This is a very interesting article that I saw, and uh, I wish I uh, had more time to talk about it. But women critics are still being uh, out, they're outnumbered. I was going to say uh, marginalized, but that doesn't make sense. Uh, women critics aren't, uh, there are too many male critics. Uh, and in the, in the same vein, there are too many white male critics who all share the same ideas about the same things. Women accounted for only 34% of the reviewers out of the 380 individuals whose work is included on Rotten Tomatoes and only 32% of the 4,750 reviews counted in the survey during the spring of 2019. And that's recent. That's <laughs> that's just like spring. We're still in the midst. Of, we're about to start summer, but we're still in the midst of the end of spring. Uh, it's, uh, essentially, I guess, because summer hasn't started yet, uh, but it's hot. <laughs> it's, it's Atlanta. It's hot. It started getting hot in February. <laughs> It was hot since November. It has never been cold here. Uh, that's that's staggering. The number of female critics rose 2% compared to 2018 study. And women wrote 3% more of all the reviews published compared to last year's study. Uh, I You notice that these things, if you read a lot about this crap, you notice that these things uh, tend to be true. Uh, there's a A.A. A. Dowd is a very popular AV club writer. Uh, Peter, oh, God, I can't remember anyone's name now. The 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 moments I need to remember somebody's names, and I only can think of basketball players right now. Uh, great game. Did you guys see that game last night? Really close. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Timestamp everything. Uh, but you see, but you get all these, you get all these reviewers, and you notice that most of them do happen to be male and do happen to be. Uh, I'm, all right, let's let, let's not bring racism. Let's, let's go sex. Let's go. Let's do all sex. But it is a lot of a lot of male critics out there, uh, and a lot of female critics are getting pushed back to the uh, bottom of the pile, uh, or they're not even getting chances. There's oh, not a fair Eisenberg. Who's the host of Pop Culture Happy Hour? Uh, I forgot her name. <laughs> this happens. I listen to her twice a week. Uh, God, this is embarrassing. Uh, but you know, sometimes you get uh people like that, women like that, and they 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 host their own shows, they're very prominent voices, but then other times, you know, you you see the same uh fifteen names from the same fifteen outlets or the same seven outlets. By media outlet men account for seventy percent of individuals writing for general interest magazines and websites, which is true. Uh seventy three percent uh which I go, which is fake. <laughs> 73% writing for trade publications, 72% writing for newspapers and wire services, 65% write, uh, writing for movie-slash-entertainment magazines and websites, 58% writing for radio television. Further, men write 73% of reviews about documentaries, 72% about action, fig- action features, 69 about science fiction, 68 about dramas. Why? 67 about horror. Oh, my gosh. 67 about animated. 62 about comedy. These numbers are out of proportion. And comedy-slash-dramas, and uh, 60% about about comedies these are true number these are these are imbalances that i just do not understand uh and it's ridiculous how you can't how websites and publications just don't tend to hire uh women in these spots um which is which is invalidating anything that they say uh or or right you know in the in the future you just give someone a chance just is what i'm saying just give anyone a chance uh everyone has a voice 
and and it can not everything can be seen on cpluscomedy.com you know not everything can be seen on uh uh chadwhite.blogspot.com you know we, it's we give someone a chance to have their voice heard um inside of your your website you know a lot of i and i I don't know if I've ever brought this up, but I've been thinking about it in the last couple of months lately. Uh, when GTA Five came out the, on 360 and PS3 the first time, I remember hearing, you know, hearing the glowing reviews from all of the um, the gaming outlets, and then I I, I remember a lot of the uh, criticism, quote unquote, of that game came from the uh, white and male reviewers. But I'm going to go ahead and lean in with white reviewers and they were saying they were saying something along the lines of they felt uncomfortable when uh not cj um when the black main character uh not travis uh not the italian guy but the black guy the only the only black person in the game when the black main character uh was uh whenever he would talk to his to his friends or, or anybody or any other character he would use the n-word and uh people were up and they're up in arms about that they're like oh it just makes me uncomfortable to, to hear him say that word and uh i just because i never hear that word <laughs> and i remember very specifically uh this is when the indoor kids was still a podcast and i hate to call them out but i doubt i'll ever work with them uh, Emily V. Gordon and Camille Nanjiani, the host and husband and wife team of that uh, then now defunct podcast, uh, they were talking about that game, and I remember they mentioned that that made them uh, really uncomfortable. And then I thought, well, that's a valid statement. And then you know, I cut to you know, like now it's years later, and I think, well, I mean, you just don't hang around a lot of people like that. <laughs> you don't hang around a lot of black people like that. Uh, none of these reviewers do. Like I, I highly doubt that any of these reviewers, uh, and I hate to call people out, but, you know, uh, I, I highly doubt that, uh, and I don't think Ryan McCaffrey was doing this, but I highly doubt that Ryan McCaffrey at IGN is hanging around black people like that, you know, or any or any black people like that, period. <laughs> you know, like, if you felt, I mean, if you felt offended, that's, uh, that's fine. I'm not going to take that away from you, but that's, and I'm not saying that's how, you know, all black people talk. Obviously, I don't talk like that, but, uh, you know, I have, I got, I grew up, I grew up with a, with a lot of black people. I have a lot of, I have, I have a lot of black friends is what I'm saying. I am black. I am a black. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of stupid that uh, anyone feels, uh, that gives them uh, quote unquote anxiety about that. And then the final thing I want to talk about, this comes from the Atlantic written by Taylor Lorenz, the real difference between creators and influencers. Uh, this talks about this is a story about how YouTube uh, essentially created these uh, these this new brand of people um, that are both creators and influencers. Now, influencers are the people on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook who have like hashtag ad in their things, and they have like the newest Galaxy phone. <laughs> I don't know why I chose Galaxy. I'm a Pixel boy. They have newest Galaxy phone, or they have like me on these or something like that. And they they basically they're they're what they're they make products you know they elevate products to a whole uh, different level you know Kylie Jenner and uh, Pepsi is that true Kendall Kendall and Pepsi God bless um, and then there was also uh, creators who are people who and and you know who are, who just make stuff um, you know your bloggers your you know Casey Neistat's your NKBHD's your uh, mobile tech reviews I just name all technology things because <laughs> that's all I watch 
<laughs> on YouTube. That's the only reason I subscribe to uh, Google Play Music, so I can get that uh, ad-free YouTube and support people at the same time without using uh, ad blockers. Google, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to this whole Google Chrome thing using ad blockers, not using ad blockers. What they do is, uh, if now if so now that they can, that now that they're getting rid of ad blockers, they're going. That means that they can uh, get revenue from the websites now. So there you go, get more revenue, not just like before. Revenue was maybe they're getting like five percent revenue with all these ad blockers. Now they're gonna be able to get like fifteen uh, because you're using Chrome and you're clicking on these ads or the ads you're seeing or whatever. Anyway, who cares? This is that's like a cursory look at it. Um, so YouTube uh, creators, you know, versus influencers, and this article is talking about what they want to be called, um, and and it really shows, and it shows how how they came to be, how creators and influencers came to be uh, via YouTube, and via uh, first with these new companies uh, that that uh, YouTube was first incubated and then uh, eventually bought, like Next New Networks, who had a bunch of. Uh, a bunch of uh, partners and stuff like that. And now they're calling partners and all that stuff. It's a great article. I urge you to read it. And you'll learn a lot about influencers and creators. Uh, and, you know, you creators are mostly YouTube. Influencers are for everywhere. That's essentially what it is. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Good article. Listen, I've held you long enough. If you like what you heard here, head on over to the website, com, where there's going to, you know what? I'm still paying for it, but God Almighty, I'm so mad. <sighs> if you don't, if you don't know, uh, Squarespace, my I let my subscription lapse. Squarespace is now charging three tiers for uh, their their thing for their website creation tools, and on the lowest tier, you cannot uh, code. You cannot use the code. You cannot inject code into the website, which is stupid. Coding should be free, but I don't know how to make coding. I don't know how to do coding, and I, uh, all it is is just putting, embedding YouTube videos, <laughs> and embedding podcast episodes. But you know, whatever. Okay. Anyway, head on our website. Uh, it'll be updated at some point. <sighs> if you like what you heard here, tell your friends, subscribe, watch the video, the video version on. Uh, oh, listen. If you like what you heard here, we're on iTunes. Rate us, please. Rate us on Stitcher if you're using that. Uh, listen on any podcasting service. We're on every single one of those. Uh, watch the video on youtube.com slash C plus comedy. There you can see a video version of me standing here in my closet, uh, trying not to sweat on myself because it's hot because the air doesn't come back here in, in my apartment. Uh, you can see there's a light on. <laughs> and I, I have been looking at the camera for like three minutes straight now. And also on youtube.com slash people's comedy, you can see our premiere show, News Time, which is a great show. I do it once a week. It's like the Daily Show, except way less funny. And it's an informal news show. I enjoy it. This week's episode is about Luminary Podcasts. And I very, I got to edit it right now. So thank you for listening very much. I love you. What? Bye. Bye.